0: Roll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A.
1: All right, let's go another edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Luke is back. Kelly is gone. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, and we're glad you're with us. Dickie's Barbecue Pit sponsors the opening segment of our show every day. Today is no exception, and it's still a great place to go enjoy dinner with your family or to cater your next event. Scott Watkins from Biloxi Sun Herald about to join us, but first Luke Johnson, you send me you you're out on a, on a big lake for the past four days, and you send me this photoshopped picture of you catching what appears to be a twenty pound striped bass. Photoshopped, correct?
0: Not photoshopped at all. an actual picture. Uh, my brother-in-law actually caught a thirty pound. And uh, our guide, when uh, we pulled back up the shore, he said, "Hey guys, if you're ever in this area again, please don't call me because I can't replicate how great of a trip that was." So uh, yeah we had a great time. Uh, no. Scott knows Scott knows about striped bass. come on are you, are you gonna tell me that was a real picture look it's like. a real picture and what's funny is on the on the 22 pound and the 30 pound, we didn't cheat by extending our elbows because the fish weighed so much. we were holding them close to our bodies.
1: Scott, are you buying that 20 pound striped bass?
0: That's quite the catch. I
1: have to see it. <laughs> That's quite the catch. I'll send All you right. a text here in just a minute, Scott. You <laughs> That's see That's quite the catch. All right. Well, we're glad you're back, Luke. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, another good week of the Eagle Hour. And if it's a good day anytime. We'll bring Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun Herald on, the last remaining real newspaper, I think it's fair to say, in the Mississippi. And, uh, and Scott may be the only guy in the newspaper business that actually covers Southern Miss week to week. And, Scott, we appreciate that. Always enjoy your input. I, I'm curious to hear what you say now. We've got uh, about a month left in the regular season. You've got Coastal Carolina in first place, Southern Miss in second, a host of teams in third. Are things shaking out about like you expected?
2: Uh, from from before the season began, not really exactly uh you know we talked about beforehand georgia southern kind of just not being in the picture really at all but they're they are uh they're they're on the outside right there on in that second tier they could they could show up at any moment but other than that yeah uh you know southern Miss, old dominion coastal all kind of near the top but louisiana and georgia southern not quite there uh this is from from a conference strength perspective yes and uh, the Sun Belt, you know, cleared number five league, um, probably one of the, not probably it is one of the better leagues in the country. So, from that angle, yes, And I do still think that this league is going to get at least three teams in the postseason. All
1: right, let's talk about the postseason. I saw three projections yesterday. One had Southern Miss at East Carolina in that regional. One had them in uh, in uh, in Florida and the University of Florida. I'm assuming will host a regional and. <laughs> Odd. One had them in Baton Rouge uh, at the LSU regional. I, I know it's early, and I, I know you have no way of uh, knowing any more than the rest of us, but right now, what do you envision as the postseason story for Southern Miss?
2: My my, The way I see it kind of playing out in the back of my head is I, I kind of already penciled them in in like Gainesville or something. That That seems to me the most likely location. Um, but though I, I do think that Baton Rouge is a possibility, I'm not sure how many people would like that possibility, but I, I think it could happen. Um, but Gainesville, I think would be a lot of fun. And then the story there, it writes itself, you know, you've, you've got, uh, uh, former Southern Miss arm out there and he's, he's one of the top arms over there. And you got a Southern Miss offense that, you know, people, some people have the wrong idea, I think about how good it is, but it truly is a, uh, it's rounding into form, and I think if that if it continues in that direction, you could get a really, really, really fun matchup between quota and, and Southern Miss, and I think that's like the best possible outcome for, for Southern Miss.
1: Uh, is Southern Miss out of the hosting picture completely?
2: I don't think so. I, I think it's going to have to have a great back half of conference play, but it is it is there it's it, it they're they're just outside the d1 baseball top 25 they're inside the rpi top 20 a, a strong finish it's not out of the question they still have the dallas baptist sweep uh, dbu is number 13 in the country in rpi uh, a third of their losses came to southern miss so the, i mean the golden Eagles are in pretty good shape going forward they just have to keep winning ballgames look
0: Scott, talk about that RPI right now, um, Southern Miss. I got Warren Nolan pulled up. 19th, the only team in the country without a quad four game. I mean, we're not even talking about win or loss. They, they haven't played a quad four. Now, what's going to happen is, though, tonight they're playing 198, Louisiana Tech's uh, in the 120s, and then you hit Arkansas State. The only team inside the top 100 they're going to play going forward is is uh, is when the Raging Cajuns come the last week of the season. ULM is in the 200s. So 11 out of 14 the next uh, the the remaining games, 11 are at home out of the last 14. But the RPI is going to take a hit, even if they do win.
2: Yeah, what it means is that Southern Miss is going to have to figure some things out in the midweek. That's where you can start making up for some things. I and mean, that's just not been the strength of this team, because the pitching depth is just not there to, to play four games in a week, really. Um, that, that's that's going to be where Southern Miss is going to have to make it up. Uh, of course, you got to win every series, but um, got to take the midweeks. I think from this point forward, because as you mentioned, there's just not as many opportunities to jump up, and there's a lot of opportunities to dip down.
0: So tonight, going to um, going to to Tulane, I haven't seen the announcement for for pitching. Sometimes we get it early. I have not seen it. Have you?
2: I haven't seen it either.
0: Any idea who they're going to pitch tonight? They're going to whole staff it because Armistead through Sunday.
2: I feel like we might get a bullpen type game. That's that's my that's that's what I think.
0: Haven't seen you know Middleton in, in a while, and this two lane team it isn't isn't good. Uh, what are they? N- they haven't won ten games or so. I think let me pull it back up. There, well, I'm sorry, they did. They're twelve and twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in the American, what? Okay, this past weekend at Coastal, what did you? The, the biggest thing that concerns you, the biggest thing that encouraged you?
2: The biggest thing that encouraged me was the offense. Uh, this That's 29 runs in, back, in each of the last two weekend series. Um, so I don't know about this uh, Coach Grill, this Coach Grill, that. Uh, this team is rounding up pretty well on that end. Uh, the thing that still concerns me is the thing that has concerned me from just about the jump is that the pitching depth is going to be exposed against teams like Coastal Carolina. And it it'll probably continue to be that way. So your best bet is for this offense to continue to improve and continue to put uh, itself in a position to win games, late games. And it's college baseball, and that that is very possible. You get to regionals, and anything can happen. Uh, so you, that's the, I think the positive outweighs the negative, really, because the negative you already knew. Um, the positive is that these bats are coming alive, and that's kind of what I took away from the yeah.
1: Coastal Series. Scott, uh, this is what Scott Barry told us yesterday. <clears throat> of course, we want to win the midweek games, and we're going to try, but we're not going to spend all our bullets in the midweek because we've got to win the weekend games. That puts him in a quandary, and I think maybe what you're saying is the answer to that would be a lot of offensive production uh, tonight and tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, uh, you the way that he's been setting up the lineups lately is that he's, the, the few, the very few lineups that he's used twice, he has carried over to the midweek. That's the second time that they used, and it just gets shut down completely. So, uh, the only, the only thing I would, I'm not a coach. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on in the, in the dugout in the locker room. I would try to mix it up on the week, on the week, on the weekdays. Yeah. I would just try to mix it up a little bit, do something different. Uh, whenever they carry over a lineup for the second time, uh, last time it got shut out, zero runs. Uh, and the time before that, it was like three runs. So I would mix it up. But to his point, to his uh, you know not spinning all those bullets, I would continue to just roll with the bullpen games in in the midweek, honestly, uh, because at this point. I think you, you know who you are as a pitching staff, um, and you shouldn't be trying to exert yourself because he is right. Those three games on the weekend, those are the most important games. Uh, huh. and this is the point of this, the season where the schedule just does not line up in Southern Miss's favor in a kind of ironic way. It's just too light and those two out of threes aren't going to get you what they were, what they were getting you before. So save your arms for the weekend, but. Maybe not reuse, rehash some old lineups during the during the week. Get experimental. That's what I want to see.
1: Can you hang around another segment, Scott? Yeah. Scott I Watkins, can't. the Biloxi Sun-Herald is with us. I want to remind you, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast any day you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And, of course, the show is live-streamed every day when we're on the air, supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com supertalksouthwestmississippi.com. There are all kinds of ways to tune into the Eagle Hour, and we really appreciate the fact that so many of you do that. We'll be back with Scott Watkins right after this.
0: Southern Miss to the top. top. You're tuned in to
2: the Eagle Hour.
1: And we're glad you are. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. They're on Hardy Street. They're right across the street from the campus, and they've got the best selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere on the planet. Campus Bookmart, CampusBookmart.net. Also, want to say thank you to Janet King, the King of Clean. The Jana King team has been working together for over 35 years, cleaning places of work, education, medicine, eateries, stadiums, and churches all throughout the Pine Belt. Jana King can do the same thing for your business as well. Find out more. Just go to com. Golden Eagles uh, back on the diamond tonight, 6 o'clock. They take on Tulane, and then tomorrow night, Louisiana Tech here uh, in Hattiesburg. We're talking to Scott Watkins uh, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. I don't know, Scott. I mean, I know you you play these weeknight games for a lot of reasons. Two weeknights uh, in a row uh, for the Golden Eagles with the midweek pitching issues that they've had—pretty, I think, pretty big challenge. What do you say?
2: Yes, it is uh, certainly a challenge, especially uh, because you know after tonight you've got to run home and then you know play again on Wednesday, and that's that's just a small wrinkle in all of it, but. You know, the schedule just does not work out in Southern Miss's favor the rest of the way. This is part of the reason why they got to go to New Orleans and then kind of host Louisiana Tech. It, it's going to be tough. You know, uh, they haven't announced the starter yet, but I, I'm, I'm guessing they're just going to empty out this bullpen. You might see some weird things happen in the middle of these games as far as what arms go out there. But on the other side of it, this is an opportunity for the offense uh, against a team like Tulane. And against a team like Louisiana Tech, uh, it's, it's a two-sided game. Uh, this offense continues to roll, continues to play well. It may not be so much of a problem, but we might get a lot of fireworks between uh, New Orleans and Hattiesburg over the next couple of nights.
1: No question. I want to take you back uh, to that uh, Coastal Carolina series, and I, I take nothing away from them. Scott said they were the best team that we've played all year, best team he's seen. So he was very complimentary of them. He did, however, say, that a lot of those home runs they hit in what is a pretty small baseball stadium would have probably been long outs in most baseball stadiums. Could that not come back to bite them a little bit when you get to the tournament and you're playing on a minor league baseball field?
2: Yeah, it it certainly could. That's that's for sure. Especially if they get you know, deep into that into that uh, tournament. But uh, yeah, that is that is for sure. But. Coastal is a a very good hitting team, just in general, uh, and they're very patient at the plate, and they're very good at creating opportunities. And that's what that's what a good baseball team is. It's not one that just relies on the long ball. It certainly helps them, uh, they played you know a lot of games on the road as well, after conference games. I I don't know how much it's going to bite them when I when I watch Coastal play, I, I see a team that is very smart at the plate, uh, that takes their their opportunities, takes their chances, and, and knows their pitches. Um, a lot of the mistakes that happened over the weekend were self-inflicted on Southern Miss's part. Uh, There's just uh, had, had a lot of trouble finding the zone, and that's where that patience that Coastal has kind of comes into play. You run into a team that can find the strike zone consistently, and, yeah, that's, that's where it'll start biting back, I think. Yeah,
1: Luke Johnson, I've been watching college baseball now pretty regularly for the last 13, 14 years. I have never seen such a small strike zone as – what I see in Sun Belt games this year.
0: Well, I mean, how many did Tanner walk? Seven? Yeah. That's half of what he walked the entire year last year. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it it is a different year for him this year, but I I don't know if it's a a combination of a lot of things. I think just for Southern Miss, the, the youth at the pitching staff, plus kind of the tighter strike zones that we've seen have, have created um, some of that. Scott, when we get, go back to the the Sunbelt Coastal two games up 13 and 5 Southern Miss 11 and 7 then 1 2 3 4 5 five teams at 10 and 8 App State, you know, they got a game rained out earlier in the year 9 and 8. Uh it's it's almost like we're back in basketball season.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a, the the middle the middle of the Sunbelt is just just massive it's just a swath of, of teams that are all about the same level. Uh, when I look at it, I look at a team that uh, are in the standings near the near the bottom of that mid tier, South Alabama. They probably have the most upward mobility out of uh, all the teams in that in that mid tier. That's the kind of that's the team that I will be keeping my eye on over the next three weeks. Uh, they partially part of that is because they have Southern Miss, but they also have Troy and Coastal Carolina as well. South Alabama could kind of be the linchpin that alters what the Sunbelt standings look like in about a month from now.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that. they've uh, they And they've got Troy at home this weekend, they just have to drive 90 minutes. And then they have Tulane at home, and then they have Coastal at home. So, yeah, I mean, six out of those nine tough games for – for South Al, um are at home. Going back to Southern Miss offense because you, you talked about it. There's just a big discrepancy in batting average now. Parker and, and Montenegro are not included in this, although they played in 51 games combined. But if you look at kind of way, if nobody, if if any of our listeners have not looked at the uh, the statistics on the baseball page, basically players that have a certain number at bats. Um, that have played in a certain number of games are in white, and then kind of what you would say reserve roles are in gray. Uh, Parker and Montenegro are kind of what you would say both because they play so much. But r- regardless of that, Wilkes at three thirty six, Dickerson at three twenty nine, Etzel at three oh nine, and then it drops off to two forty two. And so just with the with the regulars, Montenegro's three nineteen, Parker's three nineteen. But I mean th- there is a huge gap um, Scott b- between the top 3 hitters and everybody else.
2: Yeah, Slade is kind of in his own world right now. Uh his his bat and I'm not I'm not sure what it's made out of this year. Uh but he he seems to have figured it out. Uh he's I'm not sure if we can really lump him in with everybody else. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's just playing on a different plane right now. Um a lot of these guys though they're just now figuring out. You know, this this surge that the offense has had, I contribute a lot of it to Sargent, who has seen his isolated power kind of go up a lot over the last three weeks. Um, his bay pip has definitely climbed as well. Um, he's got a hit in seven straight conference games. Uh, Danny Lynch has also seen his isolated power go up. Um, Nick Monaster has been really good at second base, at least, uh, he started really well there for, for a couple weeks. Uh, so those it, it it's kind of streaky, kind of runs. Um, I'm not huge on basing the offensive success on batting average, uh, I, especially with a, a college baseball season that's so short and so few plate appearances, where anything can change in a given moment, and it has throughout the year. So I, I it is it is kind of wild, but I think that uh, things are heading north because a lot of the underlying numbers are improving uh, each week.
0: I got one more question, uh, and this goes back. I, I'm trying to trying to understand this uh, tweet from Diana Rossini that you retweeted. This is about the NFL draft. What is the draft dress rehearsal?
2: It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's just, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've never heard of it until this year, but apparently there's uh, almost a script uh, for the NFL draft. It's a fake script. They just do a pretend draft to make sure everything works out okay. At first, I thought maybe they would just give like fake names and be funny with it. That's what I was hoping for. But apparently, the NFL uh, gives them a fake list of players to select. I have no idea how they came up with that list. I don't know why it's some about players number one, number three, and Jason Brownlee on that list as well. <laughs> uh, but it's just kind of a small, random thing that I had never even heard of before. So
0: Yeah, know, I, I, I mention it because, you know, Brownlee's... A, do, do you think, or where do you think Brownlee will go? Do you think Eric Scott will go?
2: I'm not sure if either will go. I think it would be... A, I would be surprised to think if either got drafted. I, I That's only from my point of view as a sub-belt person. I have seen a lot of... This league has produced a lot of really good wide receivers. Jason Brownlee is a phenomenal wide receiver. He reminds me of a couple of others that went... Undrafted, uh, For whatever reason, the Sun Belt has had a whale of a time getting any attention in the NFL draft. Um, it, it doesn't seem to matter how good the league is, what kind of talent it has. Uh, the draft just hasn't gotten to the Sun Belt just yet. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. you know, maybe Brownlee, maybe Eric Scott will kind of help break that mold. Maybe the, uh, the expansion will help. But um, I think Brownlee is going to be a very high-value uh, undrafted free agent, probably one of the first names that you see. Go underneath the ticker at the end of the draft, um, but if he does, if he does go, that I, I, that wouldn't totally shock me as well.
1: All right, Scott. Just a few seconds left to to go back on something you said earlier. I looked it up while you guys were talking. Dallas Baptist, thirty one and nine. So if you take out the three losses to Southern Miss, that team is thirty one and six, uh, and they're a game ahead of Texas San Antonio. Which is thirty and ten, and, and Luke, I, I know you remember that was that's a really good baseball team right there, uh, San Antonio. But um, and,
0: and what 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 you know it'd be ironic if uh, somehow Southern Miss ended up in Dallas as the
1: two seed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty good. But yeah, Dallas Baptist, I w- I would think could potentially host, right, uh, Scott?
2: Uh, yeah, potentially. I mean, if, uh, going along that, if you take out the Southern Miss series, they're they're two and one in quad one games. Uh, so they they are a very very good
0: baseball team and they could host. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, hey but before you let him go, mm-hmm. Scott has observed uh, the the fish picture. Go ahead, Scott. What do you think? Scott, you're an official journalist. <laughs> what what do you have to say? <laughs> it
2: looks real to me. It looks <laughs> real to me. And hey, I, I did some research and it, it fits.
1: So. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That's what he wanted to hear, Scott. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Scott Watkins, Biloxi, son Harold. I don't know, Luke. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I can't decide if it's real or not. You Anybody,
0: you can, go, you can go on my Facebook page. Everybody out there, it's my profile picture now. So I'm not sure I'd be fronting a photoshopped fishing <laughs> picture, Bob. Hopefully back.
1: Southern Miss to the top. All right, we want to thank Scott Watkins. Always enjoy our conversations uh, with the beat writer at the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Does a really good job covering Southern Miss sports, and uh, we are, of course, are very grateful to him. Some good shows coming up this week. Aaron Fitt from D1 Baseball. He's scheduled to come on the Eagle Hour tomorrow along with Patrick McGee, so we're going to talk. D1 baseball and also the NFL draft tomorrow. That'll be fun. Thursday, we'll be in seminary at Woolwine Jeep Chrysler, the grand opening of their new dealership. Honored that they've asked us to come up there and uh, be the uh, radio station and the radio program for their grand opening. And uh, we'll look forward to that. Cliff Russell will be joining us at Thursday, as he does uh, every Thursday. And we'll have some also some good guests from up at the Woolwine. And then Friday, Matt Stoltz, Arkansas State. Play-by-play voice, the first guest booked uh, for Friday. We'll be working on uh, some more guests as well. So lots to uh, look forward to the rest of the week. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. It is a great place to enjoy lunch. I had lunch there Friday, and uh, Catfish was just incredible as always. But they have a good lunch every day, Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, $9.95. That includes everything and uh, plenty of food, and the food uh, always very, very good. All right, Luke, looking forward to talking to Aaron Fitt tomorrow. I think D1, I, I think everyone acknowledges now, is the go-to publication uh, for uh, college baseball. And, you know, Fitt has has always been very complimentary of the Golden Eagles, in fact, predicted the Eagles to win the Super Regional and go to the World Series last year. Interested to get his take on this team. And I also found it interesting uh, for Scott to point out that uh, – despite all the grumbling and all the complaining that offensively, he just doesn't believe the Golden Eagles are playing that bad.
0: Yeah, it the, the batting average bothers you. Um, again, if you throw Parker and Montenegro in there, you got five guys hitting over 300, which would be okay. But there's just such a discrepancy. I mean, everybody else is like sub-250. Mm-hmm. Um, even even Monaster, is at 250. Yeah. Um, so it, it does seem though that this team is more it just seems as if uh it's it's different, you know, if somebody has a bad day, somebody else has a good day. I mean, that's how you score. Like Scott said, you know, all those all those runs, but you've got to get production out of Etzel and Dickerson at the top of the lineup, which both those guys are over 300. Kind of thought Etzel would be his average would be, you know, in the 330-340 range, you know, at this point, but it is good to see Sargent, you know, come along and It'll be good to see what, what Aaron has to say as he uh, you know he really had studied that uh, that series of this last weekend, and I think he was at a, a couple of those games. But we, we mentioned the Sunbelt standings. What about um, RPI? Well, right now Sunbelt seven teams in the top 100, but all seven of those teams are in the top 70. So some teams uh, moving up this week. Coastal in the top six. They're uh, sixth in RPI. Southern Miss at 19. Troy at 34. Old Dominion at fifty three, Texas State one back at fifty four, Georgia Southern at sixty seven, and then uh, the Cajuns at seventy, Appalachian State one oh six, South Alabama one oh nine, Georgia State one fourteen, James Madison moving up at one twenty one, Marshall at one sixty three, ULM at two sixteen, and then Bob's this is what I'm talking about um, with with the RPI this weekend, Arkansas State two forty six um Tonight's opponent two lane, 198 so the next four games you you play if you, even if you win them all you're gonna fall you may fall 10 spots in in um you may fall 10 spots in in the RPI you can't afford to lose to Arkansas State at home this weekend just because a home loss is kind of the worst thing that you can have uh, but it would be nice you know to, to go four and0 this week
1: well, you never know when you make those schedules out. You know, you would have assumed that uh, Tulane would be a lot better than they are. You would have assumed that, uh, in all honesty, that Louisiana Tech uh, would be better than they are. And South Alabama, you, you would have thought they would have been competitive as always. That As I look at the last four weekend series, i got to tell you what series worries me the most. You're probably not going to be surprised to hear this. <laughs> South Alabama. <laughs> It worries me. I mean, you know, they're they're capable of coming in here and and, and you know and, and doing pretty much anything. And I and I don't think we can overlook obviously the raging Cajuns when they come in here. They're they're never anything but uh, you know ready to fight. Uh, but it's just we were talking to Scott yesterday. It's so hard to it's so hard to predict. Who could have believed James Madison would go uh, to Lafayette and sweep the Cajuns? I mean, who would have thought? Vanderbilt would uh, you know would, would have the issues that uh, you know that they had in midweek a week ago so it's just uh, and you could go on and on and on the the, the number of teams that you, you you're surprised when you hear the outcome Well, one thing so if you want coastal to trip up it's got to be this weekend
0: they go to the Bayou they go down there to take on Lafayette who needs to respond so a if if Southern were to sweep, Louisiana would have win that series. Guess what? We're all tied back up the top of the Sun Belt. Coastal the rest of the way. They got Appalachian State at home. They'll probably sweep that one. Then they go to Stanky Field, um, the, uh, the la or the next to last weekend of the regular season to play the Jags. And, uh, and then they get Marshall at home, which they were a sweep. So it's this weekend in two weeks. Well, you cross your fingers and your toes uh, and yeah. and hope that that coastal trips so up. So what
1: you're saying is that all Southern Miss fans should beat Louisiana Lafayette fans this weekend as well.
0: Hey uh what what is it? You're uh, the the you're what what is it? I can't even remember the enemy. My enemy and your enemy yeah. friend. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I got
1: you. Oh, right, golf. How about golf? Yeah. Yeah, so so Southern
0: Miss golf finished uh, in the Sunbelt Championships Yesterday they finished third. They're up at Annandale in Madison, so they didn't have to go very far. And I uh, had, had a really good round yesterday, and as of a couple hours ago, they were actually leading. They were in first place. They've slipped back now, five over. Uh, they were at even par uh, for the day, now slipped uh, slip back. Um, Cameron Clark shoots a one over for the day. Robbie Ladder shoots two over for the day. But uh, maybe in these last couple holes, Eagles can, uh, can try to push that number down a little more. This is a team all year long that's been hovering, you know, on the possibility of, of possibly making the NCAA tournament. So, uh, anyway, top five right now is as I've led earlier in the day, and, of course, everybody knows anything can happen on the golf course.
1: No question about it. They're the smartest athletes in the universities as far as I'm concerned. You ever, you ever been to that Annandale golf course? It's gorgeous.
0: I, I played across the street at Reunion, but I've never been on, on Annandale, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah. Um, Sunbelt baseball tonight, Old Dominion. Uh, In Richmond against Virginia Commonwealth, Uh, Georgia State goes to Athens uh, to take on the Georgia Bulldogs. Coastal um, in Winston-Salem at number 2 Wake Forest. Arkansas State entertaining Henderson State in Jonesboro. James Madison making uh, the trip in-state to Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. Louisiana hosting Southern down on the bayou uh troy traveling uh north to the plains to take on auburn texas state hosting prairie view ulm hosting Stephen um, f austin and then south alabama uh hosting new orleans uh southern miss of course on the road in uh, at turchin field in uptown new orleans taking on tulane green wave that game is on espn plus
1: thank goodness for espn plus and uh that'll be at six o'clock yeah they do a really good broadcast too they did last year they had a as I recall I forget the guy's name but they had a major league all-star that was uh their color commentator.
0: No, it's um ah I knew him when I was down there. Um I, I helped I helped some with some stuff on Tulane. He played he played for the the Mets. The what is it? Oh man, if you would not told me I've been on vacation all weekend. He was like the third it's, uh Sabota
1: Oh, um yes. Maybe third crazy. baseman for the mets right yep. right, right,
0: right, right.
1: gotta love live radio where you when you have a brain fog all right here's what i want you to do if you can after the show look i want you to put the picture ron of swoboda ron go. swoboda they do a really good job so that that should be an entertaining broadcast tonight i'd like for you to put that picture of you and that striped bass on our super talk eagle hour facebook page and I'd like, I just like for people to see that. That's the biggest striped bass I've ever seen. I want you to describe in the last minute of this segment catching that fish.
0: So we were, um, we, we went to a, a quote secret spot and uh, we're kind of sworn to secrecy there, but we were using uh, live bait fish and in a pretty thick current. We started throwing it up again. It was, it was a rock wall that came down, um, and man, they just these stripers were were up in the corner. Probably six or seven casts in a row, we caught twelve. Uh, let's see, we caught twelve to fourteen pound stripers. Like we went, we batted a thousand there. Uh, so anyway, when this one hit, I knew it was it was big because the the rod bent up. And then he, if you've never caught stripers before, they fight. Well, I, I started, it, it took me right. So I was at the front of the boat. So I walked down the side of the boat, uh, went to the back. My, my line went over the motor. I was moving my rod. I came all the way back. Did basically did a 360 in the boat as this thing was fighting. It would swim under the boat. My, my, I, you know, let my, my rod go in the water a little bit and just had to fight him for several minutes. Finally, he wore out and then he came to the surface and they had a net. And our, our guide went, man, that's a fish. And so
1: I had the record in the boat for, uh, I don't know, for about an hour. Then my brother-in-law caught a 30-pounder. Post that picture on the Facebook page. Right. I think our listeners would uh, enjoy seeing that. We'll be right back. Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: Final segment of the Eagle Hour on this Tuesday brought to you by D-Bat and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Beautiful day outside, but it's always a great day inside at D-Bat and D1. Eight batting cages, pitching machines for softball, baseball. You can Work on hitting the fastball or off-speed. D one training right next door with a seventy-yard indoor training facility. DBathattiesburg.com. So they're Miss taking on Tulane tonight, six p.m. from Turgeon Field in New Orleans. Tulane on the year twelve and twenty-eight, five and seven in the American. Just looking back, some some common opponents. Um, they uh, they have played UNO. Uh, they have played South Alabama. Um, also, uh, actually played UNO twice this year. Played Lafayette, and uh, take that back—they played UNO three times. I guess you do that if you're in the city of New Orleans. One and two against uh, against the Privateers, coming off a series loss up uh, in Cincinnati um, to uh, to the Bearcats. So, still don't have a, a starter named. I'm sure uh, later on this afternoon we'll we'll find that out and. You know, you different people, you know, talking, and I, I could see Bob somebody like, like Sibley throwing tonight, um, or starting, I should say, in 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 like a uh, almost like throwing a, a midweek bullpen. Uh, Sively didn't throw, uh, except in game in in Friday, uh, so I I could see that. Need to get Middleton some work, um, so I could see him, you know, throwing tonight. Ah, uh, just uh, these midweek opponents. You're going to need all these guys in 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 the postseason. So, uh, look to uh, to have them uh, throw tonight. All right, just so I can get it all at at once. I was thinking of Ron Swoboda. Yep, played for the Mets, uh, and of course was on the '69 Miracle Mets team. There's an iconic picture of him kind of laying out um making a catch and he actually that was in game four of the 69 world series he robbed brooks robinson in the uh, in the ninth inning and the mets went on uh to uh, to win that one i know people don't like the mets around here because braves oh well uh but anyway ron sulbota i'm not sure if he's on the broadcast this year but when we lived in new orleans saw him a lot but yeah to your point they um they do have a pretty good broadcast down at tulane
1: it'll be fun to watch that always uh always fun watching uh college baseball of course uh most fun when our golden eagles are on the on the field and um i don't know though luke you know these are these are big games and it's going to be tough tonight I, you kind of wonder gosh i mean how do you do it two nights in a row you're going to really hope that whoever you starts can give you four or five innings but boy that does you any word at all as to who's going to start have you seen anything on social no news?
0: i was just suggesting earlier maybe um Maybe Sively. you know, or, or maybe Middleton. I tell you what, you're talking about doing something two nights in a row. Um, don't take the Morgan Wallen approach. <laughs> don't uh, don't do that. And and uh, Ben actually just showed me on on the Super Talk website, Morgan Wallen reschedules all postponed concerts except Oxford. So apparently, really. I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this. Apparently, somebody got. Uh, as sick of Vault Hemingway as some people do every week, but anyway, uh, it looks yeah. like Morgan Wallen hit the transfer portal between Saturday and and Sunday. But this
1: is yeah. not good fun now. This is not good fun. Oh, good fun. But the, the the funniest uh, the fun. funniest post I saw yesterday was some guy posted. You would think uh, people in Oxford are used to going to Hemingway, brought him bought Hemingway Stadium, and leaving disappointed
0: <laughs> <laughs> and early. <laughs> Look, I. I had friends that that went there, and you know I have Southern Miss friends, old Miss friends that that went there, and let me just tell you this: in every other thing in life, you grit it out and find a way. Much less when you're going to make a million dollars. Correct, right? Yeah, Most, you, you find yeah. a way.
1: Yeah, much less when forty thousand people have uh, well have paid. You know, I saw a young I saw a young woman posted about that concert yesterday, and. And she said, Oh, so you're going to give me my ticket money back. Well, how about the babysitter, the vet fee for the dog, the gas, the food? She was just naming off all the things that she. The PTO? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you, you going to give me any of that back? And of course, the answer is no.
0: I just find, I guess because he, in all seriousness, I guess because they said that he played a show Saturday night. That's why they. But I mean, I hate it. You know, I hate it for, for our listeners. Um, because we had a big promotion, you know. As as a right. network, we were giving out um, tickets, and I mean, you know, one of my friends, uh, big group of people here from Laurel went, and uh, you know, how do you how do you explain that to you know your uh, a teenager can get it, but you know, if you had you know eleven year old or or a ten year old, I don't know if I would take a child that young to that con- But
1: I mean, I you uh, you know, we got to go home now. Yeah, after seeing the warm up band. After buying the Morgan Wallen T-shirt for forty dollars and the you know the seven dollar hey, cokes and uh, guess what this is wrong again I'll get in trouble for saying this maybe the people at
0: Trustmark mm-hmm. are in the same <laughs>
1: <laughs> the same management group <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> Let's start something we can't finish. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, Aaron Fitt from D1 Baseball on the show tomorrow. Patrick McGee, it's going to be a great show. Going to talk about college baseball and the NFL draft. What's better than that for an hour of sports talk? Glad you're back, Luke. And until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. slipping, slipping, slipping into the Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future